The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. From the vantage point of being peaceful, or say it differently, vantage point of being a little bit more peaceful than you normally would be, more still, more feeling of satisfaction or settleness. From that vantage point, what can you directly know or see about what takes you away from that peace? What opportunity does this give you? Does anybody have any comments on that? Okay, okay, stop there. So when you posed that uh, question, um, what I noticed was that in this meditation and also other meditations, at least through today, was uh, it's anxiety that pulls me away, like anxiety or fear or worry or some combination of the three. And then there's, you know, this situation or um, imagined scenario that's playing through the mind and that's what's, you know, the mind is very easily drawn into that and the attention is pulled into it and that's what it's, that's what's pulling me away from the center of the feeling of being present. Yeah. So, um, so you become more sensitive, more aware of that from the vantage point of this, whatever peace you have. So, when you, so you see that, you see the peace, you see the anxiety, see that that pulls you away, what choices do you have at that point? I'll say, I'll say it differently since you're perplexed. So <clears throat> when, you're at that, when you see that, which is beautiful what you described, it's great, I like, I like it. If you are being kind of mindless at that point, what would normally happen to you? Um, if I'm not aware that I'm being pulled away, then it's just... Well, there would be a story going on and I would be caught in the story and might evolve into like anger or some other negative emotions. So you get pulled into the story making mind and negative emotions. Yeah. So, so, but if, if there's mindfulness present and you see choice, what choice do you have at that point? Right. So the choice is either to continue to follow the story, which, you know, some part of me kind of knows that it's a fabrication, but it's very tempting. Um, or there's a story, there's a choice to come back to the center, which uh-huh. feels, you know, it's like, it's like, it seems like an obvious choice. Like, why not come to the center where it feels peaceful and calm? But <laughs> so that that is the choice, yeah. That's and it. I guess if I, you know, make the intention to, if I, you know, if that is what I want to, if I make a strong intention to stay with being present and centered yeah. and the calm, then I can, yeah, lean my mind in that direction. Uh-huh. Maybe, maybe you have one other choice. It's great what you said, but one other choice is you don't have to lean your mind one way or the other, but stay straddling both those worlds to, to understand them better. Just to look more carefully, what is this? Stay in that vantage point, stay in that, how the, how, how the peace highlights the anxiety, and just stay and get to know, and get to know that what's going on better. Because sometimes if you choose one side or the other, uh, like you choose the peace, 
it might actually, sometimes you're running away or closing down or kind of not really, not, you haven't, things haven't really been understood, but if you go into the story and the emotions, that doesn't help either. But sometimes hovering in that limbo. Okay. It doesn't seem like a very pleasant place to be. <laughs> but, but, yeah, it's okay. but I can see how I can learn more from, yeah. from doing that. Yeah. yeah. What's your name? Oh, Amy. Thank Amy. you. Someone else? There, maybe Asiba here. That was a lovely meditation. Um, <clears throat> I think it was especially good because I could see, I, I kind, of, kind of got an experience of what, what was happening. And the, the strange thing was it almost felt like the image of a train, that I got on a train, and at some point I realized I was actually taking this journey on the train, you know, very familiar for scenery around. And kind of when I realized that, the kind of train kind of dissolved and it wasn't there anymore. It was almost like, you know, the seeing was enough. Mm. I didn't need to go on. Nice. So seeing was enough. Seeing was enough. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Father. probably like a lot of people, I'm feeling tired and uncomfortable. And um, when we started, uh, that's what I was feeling. And you said find a place um, um, where I can find some pleasure, I think was the word you used. And that was hard. Um, but then it suddenly was easy. There was clearly a, 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 a mental idea that was quite pleasant. And um, I went there and I was sitting here comfortably. And I kept sliding out of that place uh, and, and getting lost. And sometimes what you were saying would bring me back to it. And sometimes I would recall from this deep slumber and come back to it and find myself interested in being here and not being with the thoughts of how tired and my headache and how I'm going to get home, and etc. Very interesting experience for me. Great, thank you. One more, last one. Yes, no, perfect, Genevieve. Hi, I'm Genevieve. Um, I had a similar experience to you, Arthur. I thought, oh no, it's going to be rough. <laughs> and that was a nice question that you asked. You know, what what can make this pleasurable, or I? exactly the words I don't remember. And then what came to me was what a blessed thing it was just to sit and feel, you know, feel the earth underneath me, be in this room, have this privilege to have been part of this um, eight-month Dharma practice days, Um, have a renewed dedication to our practice, see myself taking steps on a daily basis to connect to it. And I was, I mean, I was still uncomfortable, and you know, but this was such an, an underlying sense of gratitude. Mm. Just real gratitude, Gil. Great, thank yeah. you. Thank you. So what I, I hope that um, this little exercise <clears throat> could 
demonstrate is that uh, as we settle in practice, that uh, there is something that happens, shifts for us from ordinary life that allows us to have a perspective on ordinary life or how our mind operates ordinarily, uh, that we see something. So even a feeling gratitude is a great thing, but, the, but not just a gratitude in and of itself, but what, what are the teachings of gratitude about what takes us away from gratitude? What, what causes us to lose it? What's the, from that vantage point of something good and healthy that's happening, um, rather than holding on to it, can we, what, can we, what does it teach us? What do we learn from it? In particular, what do we learn about what takes us away? What causes us to lose something? Not to feel bad about ourselves or criticize ourselves, but to be in that limbo, that trying to understand how this operates. Because if you understand what takes you away from the good, if you understand what takes you away from peace or well-being or happiness, then uh, you'll be, if you can become wise, at, wise around that, then it's not going to grab you so by the throat or by the nose and pull you around so much. If you don't understand it, uh, you're surprised why you're feeling miserable. But if you begin understanding, so part of the function of samadhi, of deep states of concentration, or maybe not so deep, just more concentrated states, is that it provides a vantage point to see ourselves, understand what goes on in our life better. To understand the nature of attachment, how we get attached, how we cling. Because if you're, less, you're, cl- you have to cl- if you're really, really peaceful, there's very little clinging. And from that place of really little clinging, you can see clinging operate really clearly when you start clinging to something. If you're going about your life, being busy and doing a lot of different things, clinging to everything left and right, and just busy and active and trying, you know, one more clinging and, you know, you know cling, clings are a dime a dozen, you don't even notice, right? But if, when the mind gets really quiet and free of clinging to some degree, then you can see it much more clearly, like a, like a white cloth that's pure and white can see a spot that's on it. A cloth that's completely spotted, you don't see the spot, any new spot, right? So part of the function of samadhi is not for samadhi for its own sake, but how it's a vantage point for understanding and wisdom. Okay? So someone reminded me that this isn't the last Dharma practice day of this series. They were actually scheduled to have one more in, in uh, June 7th because there's also the tenfold. The, eight, the, the eightfold path does not, uh, is, it just, just ends with samadhi. And samadhi is not the end of the Buddhist path. You know, samadhi is not the point. The point is not to get into samadhi. Uh, there's something more. And that's something more is um, something like that's a topic for next time. Kind of an overview, overview of the Eightfold Path, look at the Ninth and Tenth Fold, which the Buddha, here's a few places mentioned, Tenfold Path. That was extra credit he gave. <laughs> <laughs> credit. And um, I kind of forgot that it was, I kind of thought this was the last day. So some of you might have been thinking this was the last day. Maybe people won't come. Maybe we'll do a small group next time. And if it's a small group, then we'll, we'll do it differently. And... Uh, I'm not sure how, but it would be nice. That'll be nice, too. June so, 7th. Hmm? June 7th. I think it's June 7th, the Friday, yeah. So, so um, are there seven or eight people who can stay behind to help with the cleaning, the tidying up that should happen? Ten minutes it takes. So one, two, three, four, five, six, 
seven. Great. So Gail is the manager. Why don't you check with her and figure out where to, where to clean and tidy up. And thank you very much for today. And I, I hope that uh, uh, Samadhi becomes your friend. <laughs>